You're listening to The LaunchCast, the podcast about leadership, business, life, and growth with me, your host, George Andriopoulos. It's like food for your ears. At this time, I'm going to ask that you fasten your seatbelts. Launch sequence. Launch sequence activated. Launch sequence activated. Five, four, three, two, one. Everybody. Welcome to the LaunchCast. Gonna cut that intro a little bit short now because uh, this is a different kind of episode. Thank you for joining me guys for episode 108 entitled Mamba Out. It is the Kobe Bryant tribute episode. It's me. Thank you guys. The launch dad himself, George Andriopoulos. And I wanted to bring you guys a special bonus episode of the launch cast today. This is different than what we normally do. I've been very touched and affected by the news of what happened to NBA legend Kobe Bryant over the last few days. And so I wanted to get out here and just speak about it with, you know, people that are not only fans of, of Kobe, but fans of leadership. In itself because Kobe was a leader in what he did big time big time was a leader in what he did and also within the industries that he worked whether it was basketball whether it was his charitable stuff whether it was his businesses and so there's a lot of stuff that I want to that I want to talk about today I'm gonna to get started by reading a little bit about Kobe and and what he did in the NBA first. So guard Kobe Bryant played 20 seasons for the Los Angeles Lakers. His career averages were 25 points per game, 5.2 rebounds per game, 4.7 assists per game in 1,346 regular season games for the Lakers. All for the Lakers, by the way. Bryant won one MVP award and was selected to play in 18 All-Star games. He won five championships with the Lakers, wore two numbers, number eight, which is hanging up back here in honor of the Black Mamba, uh, and number 24. He wore number eight for the first half of his career, first 10 seasons, and then switched over to number 24. I read some really cool stats about how, (laughs) you know, a lot of times people think that a player, especially one that played for 20 seasons, is going to sort of lose it in those... uh, in those 20 seasons and his stats uh, in terms of points scored were almost identical in in the first 10 years as they were in the second 10 years he won three championships in the first 10 years he won two championships in his second 10 years 20 years first of all is an incredible feat let alone uh, to do it all on the same team but I mean, uh, points scored were almost half. I think I did the math before. I think there was like an 89-point difference between points scored in his first 10 years and points scored in the second 10 years. And and he was injury-ridden for his last like two years of play, um, two or three years of play. So that says a lot right there. What I want to do first is just acknowledge not only Kobe Bryant, but all nine people who lost their lives in the tragic helicopter crash. And so I want to read all of their names to honor them. I know we've been putting a lot of 
emphasis on Kobe himself and his daughter. But the the honest truth is that nine lives were lost the other day, and and it's a crying shame. And I I want to say though that. You know, I, I do see a lot of backlash on social media. Why are we focusing on Kobe and not the other people? Look, <laughs> if we knew the other people personally, not that we knew Kobe personally, but we're, we're going to talk about what what this sort of meant um, to, to sports fans around the world uh, as this podcast goes on today. But if we knew them personally, I'm sure we would have just as big of a focus. But, you know, I knew Kobe in terms of being a fan of his, right? This is somebody that for 20-plus years I've been following this guy's career. And, uh, you know, he started 1996 in my, my senior year of high school. You know, and so he meant a lot to a lot of people. And so we need to look at that emphasis right now on the the tribute to to his death um as really just honoring a person that we sort of knew honestly but of course kobe bryant was lost his 13 year old daughter gianna Gigi bryant uh gianna's basketball teammate Alyssa altabelli Alyssa's father john altabelli who was the baseball coach at orange coast college kerry altabelli Alyssa's mother Christina Mauser, a basketball coach at the nearby Harbor Day School where Gigi Bryant attended. Peyton Chester, a middle school student. Sarah Chester, Peyton's mother. And the pilot, Ara Zobayan. Um, you know, so nine, nine lives lost there. And uh, I do want to, I, I know, probably sounds silly to all of you because this is just a tiny little podcast. And um, But I want to do my part in, in honoring them. So I just want to have a moment of silence uh, for for all those lives lost. So, what I want to do next is is just talk a little bit. And again, any questions that come in, guys, post on. Uh, we're we're live on Facebook now on a few different pages. We're live on we're live on Periscope, Twitter. We're live on YouTube, maybe even LinkedIn. Not sure. So any questions you guys have, you want to get involved in the conversation, please post them and, uh, and we'll try and get to them. I want to read a letter that I wrote, an open letter as a social media post to kind of let you guys understand sort of what I've been thinking these last few days as a sports fan. And then we'll, I'll kind of get into what this letter means to me and why I wrote it. So this is an open letter to Kobe Bryant. It reads, Dear Mamba. I have always been a Bulls fan. Since I can remember seeing Michael Jordan play for the first time, I was completely hooked. As a teenager, I would record games and go to the gym, and I would try and mimic MJ's form. The Bulls were my team, but I also liked the Knicks because I'm a New Yorker and they were my dad's team, and I liked Patrick Ewing. I liked the Celtics because of Bird. I liked the Lakers because of Magic. I always admired the legends because I have a great respect for history and those that came before us. Basketball invited me into the world of sports, and I am so thankful for the joy that sports has given me throughout my life. Do you know how to crack even the most seemingly emotionless of men? Sports. Watch a sports fan witness their team winning a championship, and you will see a roller coaster of emotions. The Mamba gave that joy to basketball fans five times lakers fans and basketball fans not including his two gold medals all the all-star games and of course the daily grind of 20 82 game seasons and the playoffs that follow them this one hit me hard kobe came onto the scene during my last year of high school 
when the comparisons to Jordan started, I completely despised him. I hated that fans thought that my guy, MJ, could be replaced. Even worse, I hated that when I watched his form, his body language, and even his mannerisms during interviews, I knew that he was trying to be a carbon copy of the GOAT, the greatest of all time, Michael. And then Jordan retired. And although there were plenty of superstars left to enamor us, it wasn't the same anymore. Not for me, at least. That is until Kobe won his first ring. And that's when I realized that something special was happening. The next generation of kids were watching and they had their own GOAT. I realized that Kobe wasn't mimicking MJ to steal his moves. He was doing it because Jordan was his GOAT. He was his player. And this was his roadmap to success when he was young. He did the same thing that I used to do in a gym. Of course, much better, by the way. He did the same thing that I used to do in a gym as a teenager. He wanted to be like Mike. Only he wasn't just like Mike. He was the Black Mamba, one of the deadliest players to ever lace them up. The most killer instinct there ever was in the NBA. Kobe earned his place on the Mount Rushmore of basketball. And I am absolutely heartbroken that one of the legends that changed the game is gone so tragically. I'm even more heartbroken to think that he had to hold his 13-year-old daughter in his arms to try and protect her as they both both lost their lives. Nine souls were lost, all important, but this man was a legend to me, and today my heart hurts. Prayers up to the Mamba, Kobe Bean Bryant, the greatest Laker to ever wear the purple and gold. You gave us all so much. Signed, your fan, George. Uh, So I wrote that the other day uh, and posted it on social media. I I wrote a longer form of that and sent it out to a few outlets uh, to see if I could get that published because... You know, just like uh, the players have the the Players' Tribune, which I'll I'll mention uh, in a little bit, that is run by by Derek Jeter um, and have an outlet, uh, I thought it was important that, you know, uh, people read this from a fan. And by the way, not a Laker fan. You know, like I said, I like the Lakers in terms of the greatness of, of their organization, and it's one of the most legendary sports franchises in history, people that have come through there, Kobe, Shaq, LeBron now, um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Magic Johnson, James Worthy, um, you know, Jerry West, uh, everybody, everybody. I mean, it's, it's, it's legendary. Wilt Chamberlain. Um, and so I always enjoyed watching a Laker game. But I was a Bulls fan, and so as a Bulls fan, and I'm a Bulls fan, sorry, not was. So as a Bulls fan, you know, I was constantly rooting against the Lakers, but you couldn't really help but root for Kobe sometimes because, man, uh, when you realize just the work that somebody has put into something and how good they are at what they do, it's what I strive to do, right? His that killer instinct, that killer instinct to be a winner and to beat your opponent, and to just um, be the best at what you do. It's, it's what I strive for my mentality every day. I want that Mamba mentality that he had. That's what I try and do every single day. And to, to sustain that for 20 years in the NBA, the greatest platform for playing basketball on the planet, the most competitive platform for playing basketball on the planet, and he killed it 
for 20 seasons, he stayed competitive. He started off as a, as a, a blue chipper coming out of high school, Lower Marion High School. You know, one of the first to sort of come out of high school and play the game and go straight into the NBA. And within a few years, he had won his first ring and, and formed probably one of the best duos in history with Shaq in terms of a little and a big playing together. The best little-big combo that there ever was. And I heard Shaq talk about this on the big podcast with Shaq earlier today. And to then, after Shaq moved on and went to Miami and, and a few other teams, you know, to, to sort of do it now with a new team, do it with Pau Gasol and the rest of the guys and, and win two more championships and stay competitive all those years. And down to his last game, which was so legendary. I mean, as a sports fan, to watch him playing his last game and score 60 points was one of the most incredible feats I had I had ever witnessed. I remember they were playing the Utah Jazz and it was like every single basket was going in. It, it clicked back and he was like the old Kobe again. I remember Shaq on the sidelines watching him and, and just how happy everybody was. Social media was blowing up during this game. Being so good at what you do and thoughtfully doing it. It wasn't just raw talent. That man practiced more than anybody on the planet has ever practiced basketball. And there's something to be said about that, about that mentality where I'm not just going to rely on my raw talent because he had the raw talent. Michael Jordan, I look at, he's my favorite player of all time and arguably the greatest player of all time. He's up there with Mike you know, and, and Mike was just naturally talented and, of course, worked his ass off. But, man, from what I heard, the legends of Kobe's work ethic were, were tremendous. It's what, it's what sparked, you know, a lot of the rifts between Kobe and Shaq during, during their time together and subsequently after Shaq left the Lakers and was traded to Miami. And so, you know, as a, as a, as a man, as a business person, as, as somebody who strives to be successful, to me, that's, that's huge, you know, to be so so persistent about putting the work in every day because you will not be successful unless you put that work in every single day what you want to be good at now that's the basketball player and i have to to acknowledge that and and talk about that because this is what drew me sports um for a lot of people and i'm i'm going to speak as a man right now but i know this applies to every gender every every single person on this planet that is into sports sports is so special to to us as real sports fans you know my 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 two favorite sports are basketball and football but basketball for me blows everything away a guy like this comes once in a generation really you know i grew up with jordan you know the next generation grew up with kobe and then lebron and there's going to be somebody else taking LeBron's place one day, you know, whether it's Zion or or whoever's next uh, to be that guy. But he gave a lot of people joy. He gave a lot of people joy over the years. You could you could see that in in the reactions right now over Kobe's death. I know it was so tragic in how it happened, but you know the outpouring of love. I have been watching interview after interview and and tweet after tweet for the last few days since this happened and it's almost like I'm a glutton for punishment because it makes me emotional when I watch these things but um, it really means something 
when you have some of your biggest competitors going out there and, and they're at a loss for words. I mean, these were people that were just professional colleagues. I watched Doc Rivers doing an interview. Doc is the, the coach of the, the LA Clippers and they were supposed to have a game tonight, the Clippers and the Lakers, which was postponed, which I think was a smart move. But Doc had no words. He couldn't even compose himself. He was a, a mess on that interview. I get it. I get it. I heard Shaquille speaking. Uh, I saw Michael Jordan's comments come out. You know, uh, uh, the NBA's uh, comments, the, the Lakers themselves, the organization was so tight-knit in terms of the Bus family and Kobe. You know, I heard that Kobe was really tight with Jeannie Bus, And so they are, they sound like they're completely broken. Um, and so, you know, what... What sports has done for me as a man, and I know that a lot of other men can agree with me on this, it's it's sort of taught me, um, without playing basketball competitively, I never played basketball in high school, I, I just played for fun, uh, you know, as, as really as an adult and a, and a teenager, um, it's taught me a lot about responsibility, it's taught me a lot about uh, sportsmanship, it's taught me a lot about competitive drive. You know, we need sports in a healthy way. Uh, we need sports to teach us that. And so when you have leaders like Kobe that come out and show us the blueprint for how it should be done, it's really special. And so we, we have to acknowledge how special his contribution was to the world at large, not just basketball, but to the world at large. Outside of basketball, and I wanted to talk about this stuff a little bit, Kobe retired in in 2016, and outside of basketball since then, the guy's been a powerhouse. I've seen some interviews with people who were talking about Kobe's potential and what he had in the works, his plans, and these people were so upset to just see that, you know, none of this was going to happen. None of this was going to come to fruition because... You know, he blew us away in basketball, but he was about to blow us away in so many other ways. And we got a little preview of that with his his short film, Dear Basketball, which he won an Oscar for. Is that goddamn crazy that an NBA champion and MVP also won an Oscar? It goes to show you. And, the, and Dear Basketball actually came from a poem that he wrote and he published in the Players' Tribune, which I want to read real quick. Yeah, it's not too long. So it's Dear Basketball. I don't want to get all mushy on this, but all right. Dear Basketball, from the moment I started rolling my dad's tube socks and shooting imaginary game-winning shots in the Great Western Forum, I knew one thing was real. I fell in love with you, a love so deep I gave you my all, from my mind and body to my spirit and soul. As a six-year-old boy, deeply in love with you, I never saw the end of the tunnel. I only saw myself running out of one, and so I ran. I ran up and down every court after every loose ball for you. You asked for my hustle, I gave you my heart because it came with so much more. I played through the sweat and hurt, not because challenge called me, but because you called me. I did everything for you because that's what you do when someone makes you feel as alive as you've made me feel. You gave a six-year-old boy his Laker dream and I'll always love you for that. But I can't love you obsessively for much longer. This season is all I have left to give. My heart can take the pounding, my mind can handle the grind, but my body knows it's time to say goodbye. And that's okay. 
I'm ready to let you go. I want you to know now so we both can savor every moment we have left together, the good and the bad. We have given each other all that we have. And we both know no matter what I do next, I'll always be that kid with the rolled up socks, garbage can in the corner, five seconds on the clock, ball in my hands. Five, four, three, two, one. Love you always, Kobe. <sighs> the LaunchCast is sponsored today by the Leadership Experience, a coaching masterclass. Intentional, unconventional, thoughtful leadership from keynote speaker, CEO, nonprofit board member, and TEDx executive producer, George Andriopoulos. Hey, that's me. Guys, the music's getting louder, which either means that this is a can't-miss epic course or that Fabrizio fell asleep at the controls again. Registration opens on February 1st, and we are beginning on March 1st. This music is so damn loud, and that means it's going to be amazing. And Fabrizio's pay is definitely getting docked this week. Join us, the Leadership EXP, for details. You don't want to miss this. My daughter actually just watched the Dear, Dear Basketball short in school yesterday. They showed it during one of her classes, and she, she loved it. That's an embodiment. Dear Basketball, the poem, is an embodiment of how so many of us feel uh, about basketball. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's incredible to, uh, to see the passion that one person turned into just a, 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 a game-changing um, career, right? To, to come into basketball as we know it and leave it in a completely different way. That's what the greats did. That's what Wilt did. That's what Bill Russell did. Um, that's what Magic did. That's what Bird did. That's what Jordan did, you know? And Kobe did that. And LeBron's doing that. And Steph Curry is doing that. These are names that we will remember forever. Um, I'm so sad that Kobe was so close to um, to getting into the Hall of Fame, uh, you know, he deserved to to walk up that ramp, and he deserved to be inducted by who who he chose to induct him. I don't know if it would have been Michael or Shaq or Phil Jackson, or I'm sure one of those people. Um, he deserved that. He deserved that honor because he has done more for the game of basketball than <laughs> I, can't, I can't even tell you. And so what I want to talk about for a minute is, and again, you guys can totally engage um, if you want, send over questions. I think I'm on all the feeds here. I want to talk for a minute about Kobe outside of basketball. I watched a, a few more interviews. I watched Jimmy Fallon's reaction, Jimmy Kimmel's reactions last night, really, really emotional reactions because they both knew Kobe personally. I heard Shaquille O'Neal's reaction on the big podcast with Shaq. Uh, so many of his colleagues, Dwayne Wade, and what was the one thought that rang through in every single interview that I heard or read was that his role as a father mattered to him more than anything. Kobe had four daughters, unfortunately lost one of them with him in his accident. Um, but his role as a father mattered more to him than anything. What I loved is that, and this is something that I think a lot of us can relate to, he had a mission in what he did in terms of his career. You know, he had to be Kobe Bryant. Once it was very apparent that Kobe Bryant was going to be a legacy and being Kobe Bryant was a thing, 
he had to see that through. And he did that for us, make no mistake. It wasn't just for him. It was Part of it was for his legacy and for his family. But he did that for the fans because we always need a Kobe. We always need a Jordan when we're watching our favorite sport. And so he did that for us. He saw through a 20-year career, which is, by the way, probably three times. I don't know the figure on this, but probably three times or more of what the average NBA career length is. And he saw it through for 20 years. And he did that for us. But once it was over, and he knew it was over, like we read in Dear Basketball, once he knew it was over, he was so excited to move on to focusing just on his family. He had a newborn last year. And so the stories I heard about Kobe as a dad, the time he spent with his girls, Gigi, who was his daughter, that Gianna, that was lost in the helicopter crash as well. From what I heard, she was on her way to being a, a mini mamba herself. I, I heard she was a killer player. Some of the things I read, I read an article that said that he had applied for a trademark for his daughter from Mambasita, which I thought was, it brought a smile to my face when I read that. I thought that was pretty cool. But who knows what we would have seen in the future from, from her or from both of them. But that emphasis on the family and how proud he was of his girls and his family, that really resonated with me. That's why I was, I was really just so upset when I heard this because it's like you put in all your time into your passion. And at a certain point, it becomes more than just doing it for you, right? He finished out that career for the fans, I think. And then you finally have time to relax and enjoy the spoils of your work. Dude's worth a lot of money. He's got a lot of businesses. He's been very, very successful, and he deserves every penny of it. And it was time for him to to enjoy it. And I think he was enjoying it and having a lot of fun with that, just speaking as, as a fan from everything that I have read. And so that that's something that that to me hit me uh, hit me hard as a dad. You know, as somebody that really enjoys. Um, being with my kids and and, and just uh, savoring every single moment and, and knowing that everything I do career-wise and professionally, I'm doing it for them, you know? So that was tough. So I do want to, uh, I do want to touch on some things outside of just um, his, his basketball career because I read a, a couple of really, really cool articles read an article from Essence, Essence.com, 10 times Kobe Bryant was a star off the court. Bryant founded, with his wife Vanessa, the Kobe and Vanessa Bryant Family Foundation, which helps homeless youth in Los Angeles. From what I heard, that was a great organization and, and still is. Um, Kobe Bryant lends star power and skills to after-school all-stars. Five-time NBA champion, founding donor for the NMAAH. C. Kobe Bryant raises money and awareness for war in Darfur. Kobe, Lakers legend, donates books to LeBron James's I Promise School. Um, NBA turn youth coach donates money to high school basketball team. Kobe Bryant acts as a beacon of hope through the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Bryant established the Kobe Bryant China Fund in order to spread... Um, basketball, sports, and cultural programs in China and across the world. You don't do this kind of stuff when you're just in it for the money and you're just in it for the accolades. I actually just got off of a webinar that I did. We were speaking about how important it is when you take a stage um, as a public speaker to do it for the right reasons and how it, it sort of becomes a responsibility 
um, when you have that kind of power, you have this this public figure persona that people can respect and follow, it becomes a real responsibility to do the right things with it. And so with all of the stuff that Kobe did, you know, he he was really he was really doing the right thing in in terms of of all his philanthropic stuff that he was doing and and incredible stuff. The Mamba Sports Academy, he founded the Mamba League, which is a youth basketball league to give hundreds of kids free access to basketball and then later created the Mamba Sports Academy. I read this on CNN Business. And and coincidentally and ironically, he was on the way to the Mamba Sports Academy when the helicopter crashed on Sunday for a game. You know, he has done so much professionally outside of just his philanthropic stuff. He co-founded a an investment firm along with Brian Stibble, the guy who co-found who founded uh, Web.com. It's a, a venture capital firm that was controlling, I think, over two billion dollars in assets, which is huge in terms of jumping from basketball to do something like that and investments in sports drinks like body armor which boosted its valuation in 2018 by selling a stake to coca-cola basically anything this guy put his stamp on was successful and i think it was because of the, that mamba mentality that he he went through everything with right that that mamba mentality was all about practicing and researching and and basically doing all you could personally to be the best you could be professionally that's what the mamba mentality was and and watching your competitors and studying and and trying to outwit your competitors out there and 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 in turn that turns into success i I read something from michael phelps i think kobe's somebody who's been super fun to kind of pick his brain about some things We've had the privilege and the opportunity in our sport to be successful and reach the pinnacle, and we know what it takes to get to that top level. So now it's always the challenge for the athletes to find that drive outside of the sport, which he did in so many ways. In 2016, he founded Granity Studios, a media company that focuses on creative storytelling. And through this company, he created, he narrated and created the short film Dear Basketball, which I mentioned before, which was based off of his poem that he submitted to the Players' Tribune during his retirement year, and he won a goddamn Academy Award for the Best Animated Short Film in 2018. Uh, Granity also released a set of books for young adults along with Brian's autobiography, The Mamba Mentality, How I Play. Sharing that knowledge, right? Like, how important is that in terms of, you know, once he's done now, right, he's he's out of uh, uh, of this career. He's he cemented his legacy in basketball. He earned his place on the Mount Rushmore of basketball, and now he's, you know, sharing that knowledge with other people, sharing what it's like I guess what what made him successful in terms of that mentality, how he harnessed it. You know, that's all I have in terms of the research I did. I love I love uh, when I do this podcast to to really research our guests. And so, of course, today this is not a guest. Of course, today this is about a tribute to a guy that, to me, really deserved it in sports. So this is a different format than we normally have. Uh, a much different format. We always have a guest here. We're always having a great time. I do my little uh, my little shtick in the beginning with my intro, which is a blast. And today, I just did not feel like that. Today, I am I am sad, and along with the rest of the sports world, I'm going to be sad for for a while because we lost an important figure in sports, which means a lot to a lot of us. I know some people don't take this seriously and probably think 
that doing a tribute for him is silly. Hey, to each his own. To me, it's important. It's part of that that sports drive. Being a a, a fan of Michael Jordan, because I'll say that I'm Kobe. I was always a fan of Kobe, but Michael's my guy, right? Very similar. Who do you think the Mamba learned it from? You know, uh, very similar will to win, competitive drive. Jordan, Kobe had the work ethic. Jordan probably was one of the most, was the most competitive athlete that I've ever witnessed in my life. And so he sort of took that competitive uh, mentality and grew on it, right? He, he grew on it and, he, and it evolved into the Mamba mentality, which combined the competitive mentality and the work ethic and this killer instinct. And he, he did some incredible things. And so this is going to be, a, again, like I mentioned, a, a, a different format. We went live for this whole show. I wanted to pay tribute to, to Kobe. I want to, as a fan, I want to say thank you for what you've given us as basketball fans, you know, we watch this sport for a reason. Those of us that are obsessed with basketball, we watch this sport for a reason. And every generation needs that guy. And you were that guy for so many people out there. You helped continue the legacy of one of the most storied franchises in all of sports, up there with the Yankees, up there with the Celtics, up there with the Packers, you know. And so, you know, as fans, we all thank you for what you did for us. Uh, I will continue to 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 pray for for Kobe's family and and all the people out there that are feeling hurt by Kobe. I know we as fans were hurt, but it's it's nothing compared to what his family is feeling right now. And uh, I want to leave everybody with this. We always do our moment of inspiration at the end of each show. I think this whole show was really about that. And we're going to be shifting to uh, to call this our our spark moment of the day, um, but we'll, we'll call it the moment of inspiration for for this show right now. You know, I've heard this in in interviews for the last couple of days. People that are out there that have beef, right? That that are angry about something, that are holding a grudge about something that's happened uh, within their lives with a with a loved one, with a friend, with an ex friend, whatever, and the sentiment that that's ringing through across all of these interviews and posts that I'm seeing is that life is too short. It's time to drop that shit. I, I, I heard Shaquille today on the, on the big podcast with Shaq talking about how, you know, he's getting questioned left and right about his tumultuous relationship with Kobe. And so sure it was a tumultuous relationship. And he said, but we're brothers. And that's, that's what happens. Brothers fight, brothers love each other, but in the end we're still brothers. And so he said that he had regretted not communicating with Kobe more, although they they left things just fine. Uh, apparently, Kobe actually called Sharif, Shaq's son, earlier in the day, about an hour before this all went down, to just check in on him, see how his uh, how everything's going with him. You know, I saw a post from Kendrick Perkins, uh, who had <clears throat> last week that huge Twitter beef with with Kevin Durant, his ex teammate and and Perkins put it out there like hey man it's all love I'm sorry you know time to end it and so in that vein that's kind of that moment that I want to speak about today is that life is too short I've been through this I'm still in this you know with some people life is too short love everybody get over it get over yourself um, because you never know what tomorrow holds 
just move on because you never know. So I want to thank everybody for uh, for joining me today. Thank you for for listening in on this little bit of a different format. I felt that I wanted to put this out there today. And this isn't about ratings. This isn't about putting out content about Kobe because that's what everybody's doing right now. This is a basketball fan sending his appreciation to a guy that brought him a lot of joy on the television screen and in arenas over the years. So the last thing that I heard Kobe say on a basketball court ever was Mamba out in his last interview after his last game. And so uh, Mamba out for real right now. We're, we're, we're sad that we won't ever hear from you again, but your legacy will never be forgotten. Thank you for joining me, guys, on this special episode of the LaunchCast. I'll see you next time. Launch sequence terminated. Into the black hole. Thanks for listening to the LaunchCast today. Please make sure to subscribe to this feed wherever podcasts are available. Follow me, George Andriopoulos, at Launchpad CEO on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. And make sure to visit our website, guys, thelaunchcast.com. Looking forward to the next episode. See you soon, guys.